Have you ever been in a relationship that was at one point the dream relationship and it's been a few years and maybe things have gotten a little stable, a little boring, a little anticlimactic. Maybe you've changed. Maybe what mattered to you before is not what's mattering to you today and acknowledging that is painful in your relationships. Either way, there's so many moments in our lives when our key relationships are not delivering to us what we ultimately have been looking for. What do you do when a key relationship in your life is no longer bringing you the joy and satisfaction that you had? You're listening to Peyton's Pep Talks, hosted by, you guessed it, Peyton, a seven-figure-a-year CEO who works with her husband, has two kids under three, and is known for her pep talks. Designed for a quick pick-me-up, these short episodes will deliver a quick burst of positivity as well as a kick in the pants to get you back feeling great and ready to take on the challenges ahead of you. So this topic is absolutely enormous and we're just going to tackle a sliver of this uh, because I believe deep down when we're in a place where we look around us and we evaluate the key relationships in our life, that there will be seasons when elements of that key relationship are not working for you. Don't judge yourself for that, first of all. That is absolutely normal. Why? Because we are changing and evolving beings and the things that we loved and cared about seven years ago might not be what we need in this exact moment in this season. And that has never been more true than now with the backdrop of the pandemic locked into shelter in place for months in our key relationships. This is when little fissures, little annoyances, Little small details start to feel bigger and bigger because of the amount of stress and significance we're placing on these relationships overnight. And so I keep hearing this with with friends, with family, with, um, you know, so many times, even influencers that I love and, and just care so much about, even though they don't know my name, are announcing divorces or really struggling in these relationships. And it's going it's making me go, gosh, what is going on? And, and how can we reframe this in a way that's productive and uplifting? And so here's what I've got today to share. I have always come from this background of Disney. And I'm a, as a girl growing up in the 80s and the 90s, the Disney dream was real. There was going to be this epic relationship that would f- complete me, that would fill me, and that would ch- ultimately deliver all the good things in life. And that that fairy tale magic was possible. And I hunted for that for a while and made a lot of mistakes along the journey, as, as all of us have, because the truth is that's not the truth. <laughs> That one person does not complete you. One person is designed to complement you and join you, but ultimately two individuals in their fullness, in their, in their strength and in their conviction of who they are, create a beautiful connection and a meaningful relationship. But if where one person's struggling, it impacts the relationship. So here's what I really believe is the takeaway. We teach people how to treat us period. If you do not like how you're being treated in a relationship, before we seek to blame and point the finger at someone else, take a mirror, look at yourself and say, how have I enabled this behavior? And more than that, how have I taught this behavior? 
If you're a parent listening to this and you've ever been bossed around by a three-year-old who doesn't say please and who doesn't want to get up off the couch from watching TV because they'd rather have you walk into their bedroom and grab their special stuffed animal and bring it back to them on the couch and you acquiesce not once, not twice, but hundreds of times a month. And at some point you look and go, why do I have such a disrespectful child? Why is this child just born in such a way that they're so disrespectful? Now, when we tell it like that, with that lens, the truth is we all know it's the parent that taught the child. You don't have to say please. You don't even have to ask nicely. And you can demand and we'll drop everything and go and get you your stuffed animal and that that's our role. And we've enabled that behavior. But we do that not just with our kids. We do that in our relationships. We do, we're, con- we're conditioning ourselves to respond in a certain way. And sometimes we just wake up and it's just not okay anymore. Instead of wondering what's wrong with them, what's wrong about the relationship, look at yourself and say, what am I needing out of this relationship now? Almost as if you've turned a new leaf and that relationship has an opportunity to evolve and grow to meet you where you've evolved and grown to. And that that's okay and that's healthy and there's space for that. Beautiful, the most beautiful relationships I've ever witnessed are those that have evolved and risen to the occasion as the individuals in the relationship grow, evolve, and their needs shift. The strongest relationships I know are agile and flexible and adaptable to the changes and that creates this new flavor this new experience in the relationship that gives new birth to the relationship again and again and again and that that right then is this relationship is not stagnant it's an amoeba that's growing that's moving that's reshaping And there's beauty and magic to that. So if we want that, we want a a relationship to evolve to the place that we want to go to, we have to take ownership in the areas in which we have taught someone to treat us. I'm going to give you a personal example for this. I, for years, thought that my love languages were quality time and physical touch. My husband's physical touch and quality time. So I was like, genius. Like, we have this so easy. Here we are. Like, amazing. We can snuggle on the couch and have a good heart-to-heart conversation. And both of our love tanks are full and life is good. But here's what happened. The more self-aware I got, the more I didn't want to have my back scratched. The more I sort of resented the, you know, him lifting my hand and moving it to his head because he wanted me to scratch his head or or do something like loving and, and sweet. And I'd sort of want to just have my own space. And so I started to pay attention to that. I'm going, what is the deal here? And what I realized was, I need to retake this test out of curiosity. And here's the thing. I had judgment for years that that materialism was negative. That was a a hallmark of greed. I sort of had all these inherited beliefs um, that I created and held on to. But the truth was, when I looked back and said, when have I ever felt the most loved? It was when somebody brought me flowers. It was when somebody wrote me a card. It was when somebody gave me something. That there was a physical manifestation of them thinking about me and caring enough to go and get me something they thought I would like. Hence why when I retook it, it was quality time and gifts. So here's the question. Now that I have this new information, what do I do with it? 
as somebody that like was told a million times, oh, you're paying, you're so low maintenance in these relationships. How nice. The truth was I wasn't, and I am not low maintenance. If you've ever met me, you know I'm not low maintenance, but I was sort of playing low maintenance because I thought that's what would give me more love as sad as that sounds. I thought that that would make me the cool girlfriend or the the cool, awesome wife. But I stopped wanting to be the cool girlfriend and the cool, awesome wife, and I started wanting to be me. And so here comes Mother's Day, the second Mother's Day I've ever celebrated in my life. And Michael goes, sweet, my low-maintenance wife is going to be down for just like a haphazard brunch downtown, and that'll be that. And we'll say like, yay, here's a picture she can post on social, and happy Mother's Day. Because he genuinely, I had genuinely trained him that that would be enough, and I would be happy with that. Now, I was not, and there was this uncomfortable moment when I realized brunch was it, that was going to be the experience, and I didn't feel loved or appreciated. Now either I can sit there and talk myself down from having these expectations that nobody knew about, which I also think can be a good tactic, or I can sit there and go, I am looking at the next however long I live on this earth. These many more Mother's Days are going to be celebrated and I don't want to have to feel like this every single year and it's not his fault, it's mine. I haven't once said, hey, by the way, I retook the test. Turns out I'm really into gifts. Turns out flowers would be super significant to me. Turns out that, um, you know, gifting me some kind of an experience with quality time for myself would really be magical. And I would look forward to that and value that and feel very cared about. Because guess what? He just wanted me to feel valued and cared about. And probably if he's, you know, not egotistical, which Michael isn't, he would be like, thank you for giving me that formula for your success. So that's exactly what happened. I said, I really don't want to sound bitchy or, you know, ungrateful, but I just have to be honest. I have a different way in my mind of how I, or basically I've just come to realize that I I prefer to feel, I feel valued in these ways. And I don't want you to feel bad about today, but as we plan forward on how to how to make me feel cared about and special, I've learned a few things that I think could help um, me experience that. And I'll tell you what, he has hit the ball out of the park every year. But there was this moment when he said, geez, like this whole time I've been just thinking you're low maintenance and like we can just go do something low key and that hasn't been good enough. Like how many years have we been married when you haven't said anything? And it was like, Almost like he was frustrated that I hadn't known myself well enough to ask for what I needed. And that was the case. I just said I just didn't know that's what I needed. And now I feel freaking loved and appreciated and at a whole, our relationships leveled up for me just because I was willing to have this uncomfortable conversation because I would, didn't want to stare at 40 Mother's Days down the road or 60 or 80 or however long I get to have them. And feel like they're all lackluster because I'm afraid of making him feel like his efforts were unappreciated. And so I encourage all of us uh, to find the ways that we want to be treated. And then when the relationship is in question, say, okay, what has shifted in me? What has changed? What's evolved? And have I communicated that with love and understanding and ownership? 
Michael wasn't supposed to read my mind and know that I wanted a massage on Mother's Day and more than brunch and some flowers, and I kind of just wanted a, a whole day of celebration for me. How selfish does that sound? But he wasn't going to imagine that for me. I had literally trained him that I'm low maintenance. What a joke. But I've come to realize I'm worthy of celebration and I'm worthy of more flair. And I value that and I care about it and I want it. So I asked for it and it's made a difference. Dr. Nicole LaPera, who I love, who's known as the holistic psychologist on Instagram, and if you don't follow her, highly recommend it, and subscribing for her text messages because she's a game changer. But she says, no one will ever fully understand you the way you want to be understood. That's your work. That's on us. We are evolving and growing as fast and dynamically as a child from ages one to three does physically, like you can see the changes. We should be changing that much inside of us if we're committed to growth and committed to doing the self-awareness journey that we need to be on. So as you're journeying, you will discover things about you and about what you need, what you need to feel loved, what you need to feel valued, what you need to be happy, and it will impact the closest relationships to you. And don't be surprised by that. Welcome that because that is a sign of self-awareness and growth. And the people that love you the most are the ones that'll show up to evolve with you. And they'll be maybe threatened in the short term, but depending on your honesty and humility in the delivery, their ability to pivot with you will strengthen them too. And chances are you asking for what you want gives them permission to ask for what they want. And if you're excited to see them pivot and change to meet you where you need, imagine the excitement that you can deliver back to evolve and pivot to meet their differing needs. Because that's the beauty of relationships. The people that we were when we dated are not the people that we are when we're five years into marriage. They will probably be reiterated again and again and again. And by the time we're 50 years old and we're celebrating a 30-year, what roughly, years of marriage, it should be on its 30th iteration. And that's the beauty of journeying in life together with a partner. And we can't expect it to be good, what was good then to be good now. So if you're at a place where it's time to acknowledge, do some soul searching, dig in. What about you has shifted? What do you need? Whether it's in this season, through the pandemic, whether it's with beyond the season, the seasons just brought it to your attention. Ask humbly and kindly and with self-awareness for what you need and want in a way that hopefully does the best approach that you can to not flare them up feeling like they're, they've got it wrong for years, but that empowers them to, to relearn what you need as a new version of yourself. And that if we could commit to that, we would have these vibrant and amazing relationships that serve us for years and years and years to come and that we get to be in service of the people that we love through. So that's my pep talk for you. If you're feeling like you just are in a relationship that's close to you, that's not meeting your needs, don't reach for blame. Don't ex- don't silence your inner voice that's telling you to pay attention. You need something different. Do the work. Understand yourself. Respect that you've changed and evolved and there's space for that. And go and find out the thing that's missing and find a way to ask in humility and grace 
and watch your partner or watch that person in that relationship show up in a different way. And that right there is a beautiful act of self-love. And the more we know how to love ourselves, the more we're able to love others. And that that right there will create vibrant and long-lasting, beautiful relationships. And there you have it. You've listened to another episode of Peyton's Pep Talks. And I hope this inspires you and connected with you. And if it did, go ahead and share it or tag a friend that may want to hear something like this to help uplift them in their day. If you'd like to subscribe, I encourage you to do so. You'll be alerted every time I drop a new pep talk into the world. And if you have a particular issue that you're wanting a pep talk for, I'd be more than happy to record one for you. Just go ahead and drop into my DMs in my Instagram at Peyton Hughes. Have an awesome day.